Let's help Dr. Reeves' patient. To decide is not to decide sometimes. But this is a 54-year-old guy who just took a buyout from Adelphi, which is obviously in bankruptcy. And so now he's in retirement, having had this large chunk of money. And he needed knee surgery. So he goes to his doctor, and he has to have a preoperative workup, and he fails his stress test. His stress test shows a problem with his circulation, goes for a cardiac cath. He has a high-grade left main and aortic valve stenosis. So he undergoes open-heart surgery and does well, gets a mechanical valve, gets placed on Coumadin. Two months later, he's coming back hoping that he can go have his knee surgery, and he's anemic. And so as they evaluate his anemia, it's iron deficiency, and they do the colonoscopy, and indeed he has two lesions in the colon. He has a rectal lesion and a transverse colon lesion. He gets his transfusion, gets tuned up. His PET CT does not show distant disease in any nodes or any other site, such as liver or omentum. And now his surgeon says that he should have preoperative chemoradiotherapy and that then we can go ahead and do the resections. So I'm right here saying, gee, we don't know how deep the, it certainly is invasive. I don't know that it is through the serosal surface and the rectal lesion. And I thought it was interesting that you were telling me that in your hospital or this hospital, they don't usually do transrectal. We don't, we do do not have that capability. And we don't have a dedicated GI surgeon as well. So, so general surgeons do good work for so us. So where is it exactly, the rectal cancer? The rectal high? cancer is about five centimeters above the anal verge. And you have no idea about lymph node, depth of infiltration, no. whatever? We do not. Well, no. you have the no. CAT scan, right? The PET-CT. PET-CT. PET right. Any yeah. idea about that? So It was negative. They did not describe depth of invasion on any of the... But there were no scans. nodes? There are no nodes visible on PET-CT. And what's the assessment in terms of the T size? They believe it's at least a T2, but again, there's not an ultrasound there. Do you think standard of care should be to have ultrasound available for rectal cancer? Honestly, I do think we should have at least ultrasound or a dedicated MRI. And when you talk about European practice patterns, you know, a pelvic MRI with special coils is actually preferred in Europe compared to EUS here in the United States. So either or should be available because a lot hinges on the clear definition of tumor stage in terms of would you ever recommend new adjuvant therapy? Because in a, let's say, T2N0 stage, you know, you don't need neoadjuvant radiochemotherapy in this situation. And there is a problem of over-treating patient with stage 2 actually misclassified. So if so you had a good EOS, ultrasound and they said, this looks like T2N0, what would you do? Then I would not go for neoadjuvant radiochemo. You just take both out? Yeah, unless, you know, there is some problem, let's say, with 5 centimeters should be sphincter-sparing surgery, possible. So I would not think that this patient would need preoperative radiochemotherapy. And then you'd have a better assessment in the postoperative specimen. So again, I do think that the standard of care for most purpose rectal cancer adequately staged as a T3 plus minus lymph nodes in higher stages would be neoadjuvant radiochemotherapy. In a situation where you think it's a T2, N0, and you have this by EOS criteria or by dedicated MRI criteria, I would not necessarily think this would be a neoadjuvant radiochemotherapy candidate. Dedicated MRI. So you have MRI. You have we do have our MR. Pope. And so how does he decide if it's adequate to... If it's know. a T2 and you have an MR available, then I would go for surgery right away, make a decision on adjuvant therapy afterwards. If it's a T3, 
stage tumor or there's anything you think you might you have a high risk of local recurrence i don't know how your recurrence rate is in your hospital how many lymph nodes are being reported you know how it's the quality of the team surgery this is also a very important topic because the surgeon plays a major role in assessing in the overall outcome of these patients so is there anything um, you can ask him to try to assess whether or not this mr is really adequate do they use a rectal coil no that's what I was going to say. Is it's probably not going to yeah. be somebody who's experienced in yeah. doing that because it's not typical in the U.S. to use the dedicated yeah. MRI. We use endoscopic ultrasound, and it's highly operator-dependent. Yeah. I mean, we've had three endoscopic ultrasonographers at Vanderbilt since I started there. I can say that there is some variability. It's not massive amounts of variability. Two of them were trained at Mayo, so they're highly trained. But, um, I mean, bottom line, <laughs> whoever you've got, if they're reading it as T2N0, you send them the surgery? In general, not this man, but in general. Is that what you do? Yeah. Okay. What specifically would you recommend? Because you're trying to decide what to do now, right? Yeah, I'm I'm in a position where a surgeon says, go get your treatment beforehand, then come back and we'll take care of this transverse lesion at the same time we're taking care of the rectal lesion. Yeah. I mean, if you have a suspicion that this could be a T3, then the default would probably be to err on the safer side and give him neoadjuvant radiochemo, especially if your surgeon recommends it. Because I actually, in these cases, listen to my surgeon and say, you know, if a surgeon already tells me, you know, he'd feel better <laughs> if I do something beforehand, I trust him. Yeah, except uh, you're talking about a different surgeon than he's talking to. Well, oftentimes, though, the surgeon has done something on physical exam. Yeah. Maybe the thing is maybe it's a little bit fixed on physical exam during the rectal exam. And in that case, it's unlikely to be a T2 or T1 lesion. Did he tell you anything like that? He did not say. No. Yeah. But, you know, you always have the option of referring the patient to Mayo Clinic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, in some, honestly, and this is not a joke in some points, and you'd get the patient back, of course, you know, for, for the adjuvant therapy. When these all <laughs> But, you know, we, we, we should actually, if we consider EOS standard of care, and we base our treatment decision on Find these, a place to do it. Then you refer for an ERS somewhere. Absolutely. Is there anybody do you have an academic no, center Cleveland, or something? Potentially Cleveland Clinic, I of could get course. one. That's center for an ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we really, I mean, you don't have to do everything in-house. If you think, okay, we don't have the technology. So when PET-CT scans were not widely available, now every single hospital has a PET-CT scan, you know you send patients away. So what are you do thinking you right now? oxaliplatin with capecitabine along with radiation if you were to get treatment? I mean, if you, first of all, of course you can enroll this patient in the ongoing NSABP trial R04. No, he can't. No, he's got synchronous. Oh, two, has two malignancies. Two malignancies. Yes, you're right, you're yeah. right. You cannot. You, know, you, you can cannot. Just do, don't do that. It would be bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Could you just review the R04 trial, though? Okay, the R04 trial for patients who only have rectal cancer and at least a T3 lesion randomizes patients to Standard of care, continuous infusion, 5-fuse radiosensitizer in combination with radiation preoperatively or as an alternative, as a substitute, capecitabine. So that's the first randomization, capecitabine versus continuous infusion, 5-fuse. And the second randomization is plus minus oxaplan. So you have a 2 by 2 design comparing capecitabine versus continuous infusion, 5-fuse, and then plus minus oxaplan, which could potentially enhance the local control rate and perhaps even offer an early systemic effect on potential micrometastasis. So what about using capecitabine and or oxali in a non-protocol setting, for example, in this patient? With synchronous Uh, lesions. You know, if you play it by the books, you say it's not standard of care. Outside of playing by the books, I've done it in a certain, and I can 
quote patients, you know, scenarios where I thought the risk of recurrence was very high, and we had evidence that the tumor was aggressive, lots of lymph nodes positive on EOS were wanted as systemically more active. Uh, How about that second tumor sitting up there in the transverse uh, colon? Does that make you want to give oxali more? You know, honestly, I don't think this. we're in such a time pressure that we would be needing to have a systemic response in this patient. The tumor was apparently not large, and you don't have any evidence of lymph node metastasis around that. So I would not be pressured too much. Having said that, if the situation was different, you know, and this was a more aggressive cancer, for instance, with lymph nodes positive, I might opt for oxaplan. Jordan, what about the issue of using oxali as part of a neoadjuvant regimen off protocol? There's some people who say, well, if the patient's younger, it's a more nasty-looking local tumor, I might do it off study. What do you think about that? I love the gut instinct we use, but I don't believe in it. The data is just not strong enough that oxaliplatin really does anything, and I think without a randomized trial... Call me an old fart, but I probably wouldn't do it. Now, I have to say, if you started having evidence that these were a little bit more advanced, because of in this situation, you've got synchronous tumors, and you're not addressing fully that transverse colon lesion while you're giving infusional 5-FU radiation, maybe you're giving a decent dose of 5-FU. You might be a little bit more intrigued by the idea of adding oxaliplatin to try and assure that you're controlling that transverse colon lesion, and that would be more the reason I would consider it But this is a very unique situation. In most situations, frankly, I wouldn't do it. I would also say that, you know, at many institutions like ours, we actually have it such that the EUS referral can come in, the patient can go out without ever seeing an oncologist. So that, you know, well, we try to not be an overbearing partner in caring for patients. If they want us to see the patients, we do it. They even come in and see our surgeons, get opinions from us in a multidisciplinary clinic, and get hepatic resections without necessarily seeing us. Phil? Would there be any role for approaching a transverse colon lesion with laparoscopic surgery? I mean, you, you and, and take care of that now and then deal with the rectal cancer. It's got vascular I mean, if you take care of even with laparoscopic surgery, I would be hesitant to start radiochemotherapy right away. I would give patients a couple of weeks break. So if the transverse colon is not obstructing, the cancer in the transverse colon is not obstructing, not the major cause of bleeding, which is probably also a little bit coumadin triggered, you know, it's a common, not infrequent thing we see, I would probably address radiochemotherapy first and then go for both cancers. One point I want to make on this case, a 54-year-old patient, this patient should have had a screening colonoscopy at 50. So, I mean, that's something we should point out. This patient could have had a tumor detected much earlier, I don't know whether it would have changed a lot, you know, or... Maybe a polyp detected. Maybe polyp detected and would not even have cancer. We should make people, again, aware, and I think we all know that 50-year-old patients should have gotten colonoscopy. Equally, the patient could be one of those patients who said, I had a colonoscopy just four years ago. It was darn clean. So you have to realize, I still think, I agree with Axel, this patient should have been screened. So what do you think you're going to do, Dr. Reeves? I think I'm going to send him up for MRI or a TUS, but... Cleveland Clinic. I like that idea. Think about what the outcome potentially might be. How far is it to Cleveland Clinic? It's about an hour. There you go. All right. So we're going to try to get one more case in here again to try to end on a positive note.